0: Nick? how are you i'm good let me turn the music off you can probably hear it no i can't, I can't. Ah. what are you listening to debusi uh, 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 uh no i was just making our playlist i was just updating that mm. um yes uh what was i going to say um hello <laughs> how are you today i'm very well thank you <clears throat> i've got to get used to these new i've got some new headphones and
1: um, i no- i noticed in uh, on instagram Oh
0: yeah, the, the very blurred photograph that I critiqued <laughs> oh, yeah. and got short shrift about. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, did you? Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, I bought. I bought some because uh, I had those in ear ones, and then I could hear both soundtracks on. You know, on both tracks when I was mixing it, and it just yeah. sounded really weird, especially when it was slightly out of time. I was. In the- it, I well, I don't know. We'll see when it's recorded. But these headphones are really good. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're ear over ear ones I don't know what you call those um, So they close your ears So you can't get any um, There's no sort of leakage yeah, That sounds horrible, doesn't it? It does a little bit Wow, what was that? Aeroplanes? Is that you or me? No, it can't be me Must be me, mustn't it? <laughs> you might get a tractor Might get a steam train <laughs> with you We have got, yeah Steam trains
1: uh, Yes, we're obviously under the flight path this evening
0: How are you feeling? Uh, I'm good Yeah Yeah Tickety-boo It's
1: been a frustrating day but with a good resolution I spent a couple of hours at the Apple store this morning getting my phone sorted because it had decided to uh, lose its ability to find a network and then I got to the Apple store and they told me it was three days out of warranty so there ensued a Of toing and throwing and you know reasoned argument before I managed to leave the the shop with a new phone.
0: Oh, well done! (laughs) Yeah, say what same replacement phone, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, it was all very frustrating. Oh, which what's that? Which phone is that? The six? Uh,
1: it's the six, yeah. Um, but it was a pain in the bum because I got it it, I got it in March last year and then replaced in November because it had another fault. So although it was three days out of date for Apple to replace it, it would have been within the two years of the customer retail customer thing for my network providers to replace it. But then because Apple had fixed it and replaced it, it wasn't the same handset that my network right. had given me. So that would have cancelled out that. So I was... If Apple hadn't have helped, eventually, I would have been stuck. Ah, oh,
0: that's bad, isn't it? I, yeah. I I got mine through John Lewis because, obviously... You get the extra year. You get an extra year, yeah, which is, yeah. I think Jigsaw 24 do the same kind of deal, if anyone's looking for one, <laughs> uh, in the UK. Uh, they're a great company. I buy all my Macs from there. Always have done. And really good.
1: If they're listing in... I also think you're a great company.
0: <laughs> you use them as well yeah uh, I have done in the past actually. yeah no, they are good they're really helpful yeah so uh, so what about your day um, day uh, yeah um, yeah very full full of stuff um, I've, sn- I've snuck a, a swimming which oh. is always good um, and uh, so I feel full of beans but um, it's been a long week um, still just batting away work and uh, I've had two I've got two possible new clients this week so um uh, yeah, it's all good. All onwards and upwards. And um, also had some good news from the accountant. So I've got some money in the funds for changing, our, uh, converting our garage into uh, studio. Um, which Fantastic. Will, yeah, which would be great. And we've got a double garage um, that is just completely unused. So um, And it's got a hole in the roof and stuff. So it needs a bit of work doing to it. But it's such a simple conversion that it shouldn't be too expensive. And it'll give us a massive space to work in. Yeah, so very excited. Hopefully get that done. If not by the end of the year, then definitely this time next year we'll be in that space, which will be so good. Is
1: that, is that going to be an office for you and Jess? <laughs> yeah. And a little studio?
0: Yeah, definitely a studio. I'm going to be setting up a little print studio um, and also uh, may have a hot, uh, desk that I might rent out. Um, if, you know, anybody around here... Wants a desk, then um, it will be available. Ah, very yeah, nice. It will be big enough, and it will just generate us a little bit of revenue. That's the plan anyway. We'll see. We'll, in, in a year, we'll speak and see where I am, because <laughs> I'm good at planning. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to hearing. Yeah. Um, other than <coughs> do
1: that, I, Do I sound okay, by the way? Because I sound, in my own ear holes, I sound very muffled.
0: Uh, no, you sound quite clear. Do I sound yeah. clear? You sound crystal clear. Loud and clear. Yep, um, that's because I got new headphones. that <laughs> it. <laughs> very professional. Yeah, I've I've also bought some other tech this week. I'm trying out a um, fitness device. Um, so I've been I'm going to be looking at that. I bought a thing called a Move Now, which is uh, you can wear it when you're swimming and it will count lengths and stuff like that. Oh. Whether it's very accurate or not it remains to be seen. But
1: how does it think. do that? Does it do that on like a kinetic gyroscopy thing
0: yeah yeah i think it is i think it's i think it's a load of ex apple guys um and girls who got together and they built this little bit of tech it's only it's really cheap it's like 50 odd quid which sounds which for a for a tracking fitness band is really quite reasonable um and um yeah it just it understands kinetics but it it has already missed i did a few laps and it missed a few um, which is a bit annoying, and you can't edit the data, but it's just right. having a play around with it. Um, yeah.
1: I guess you kind of get used to the...
0: The foibles. Yeah. It's just a good kick up the arse for me. I like I get competitive when there are stats on the table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like using the the step counter and flights climbed and all that on the phone, although yeah. I've lost that, uh, all that data recently, having to try and fix my phone, because yeah. it's one of the things that doesn't get backed up.
0: Really? That yeah,
1: sucks. I don't know if I am missing a setting there. Someone's probably going to tell me I am just being an idiot, but um, yeah, I couldn't find any settings to back that up, so yeah. just gone. So this move thing—I don't know if it's too personal. Which part of your anatomy does it get strapped to when
0: you are swimming? Uh, your arm, your wrist. It's on a little. It's like a little tiny watch. Okay, um, but you when you are running, you put it around your leg or your ankle. Um, what and you, about? C- you can wear two of them um, and uh, do boxing and stuff like that. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and no Think. not not what about Rob. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So um, just playing with those new toys and I've got some running head- Bluetooth headphones all at the same time. Ah, uh, very nice. But they're not the yeah, the sound quality is not great, but they don't come out your ear all the time like that. That's the, other the thing,
1: isn't it? Yeah pretty much all headphones it's just the weight of the, the cord isn't it? it just kind of drags slightly as you're moving whether yep. you're running or even just walking around they tend
0: to oh yeah and if you turn around. your head or anything they just pull out don't they yeah um yeah so i'm trying those out but they're only 12 quid so they're really cheap knockoff okay. uh, chinese jobs um yeah uh, other than that yeah working very hard doing lots of design work um yeah Thoroughly busy. Has it been fulfilling design work? This uh time? no, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, I think I'm getting, I'm getting places. You know, I'm starting to get somewhere. I can see the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Um what about you? What have you been doing work-wise?
1: <clears throat> um, bit drawing, bit of prep for some. Um, well, a big spider just ran across my desk. A <laughs> bit of prep for some uh, for my next bit of client work. Um, and kind of starting to do some drawing exercises to kind of up my game so working in slightly different ways than I normally wo- work so kind of did a portrait in pencil which isn't my normal thing uh, and doing some kind of figure reference stuff um, just to try and under- I'm very bad at drawing people so just to try and understand the kind of forms and shapes and Structure, really, to improve my people drawing, ah. which has been quite good. Um, and I've been... Uh, I'm reading The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe. Did I ever mention that
0: previously? No. Nope. I don't know if I did. I, I love the film. the film. I haven't read brilliant.
1: the book. No. The book is just wonderful. Ah, uh, Even better than list. the film. Um, I read uh, Norman Miller's Of A Fire On The Moon quite recently, and that's... You know, in parts, that's amazing. That's all about Apollo and Apollo 11. Um, But with it being Norman Miller, it just kind of descends into Norman Miller talking about Norman Miller quite a lot. Whereas this is very much about the the personalities of the first seven Mercury astronauts. Uh, And it's brilliant. So, just about finished it.
0: Um, And that's it, pretty much, my week, I think. You had a big week. Uh, Did you have a wedding at the weekend?
1: No, I've got one this weekend, oh, right. well actually tomorrow. Ah. So we're up at, um up at a big country house in uh Oxfordshire. I think on the Oxfordshire Northamptonshire borders, I think. Right. Uh big place with lots of taxidermy. So it's always good for some photographs. There's a polar bear and a giraffe. <laughs> um a crocodile holding a drinks tray. So it's quite a it's quite a place. Wow. So, that's tomorrow, and then there's another wedding on Sunday, and then a couple more next week, so it's a busy week for my wife. yeah,
0: sounds it well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Well, we've done ten minutes of talking about ourselves, which you know I could probably do three or four hours, but um yeah. let's talk about some news <coughs> we should we should have a jingle there shouldn't we really let's let's talk about some news yeah, we should I'll expect that in the edit <laughs> um.
1: Well, the first thing I, um, the kind of big story of the week for me was uh, AlphaGo, uh, the artificial intelligence machine created by or now owned by Google, which uh, beat the world's best Go player at over five games. Now, I've never played Go, have you? No. So every article about it, every single article, used the term exponentially more difficult and complex than chess. Um, Which is kind of hard to get your head around. You think, well, chess is complicated, and fair enough, go has got a few more pieces on the board, and, uh, you know... Oh, bless you. Apologies. (laughs) Uh, And it's a... your Goh's played on a bigger board. But you think, well, it can't be that much more difficult for a computer to understand. You can just, you know, play it by brute force and everything but apparently you can't do that with Go because I think chess has a possible number of moves of something like 10 to the power 35 and Go has a number of possible moves of 10 to the power 170 which is apparently a factor of 100 more moves than there are particles in the universe (laughs) So, uh, that's so astonishing. Computers, so, computers cannot crack it just
0: by. So, it's just not like a, a, a pro version of Othello. No, <laughs> although it does look a lot like <laughs> it, it does. That's what I thought it was. It does, yeah. Uh, um, what a cracking game that was with the uh, the old, the, 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 the extremely racist box of a sort of Turkish man and woman <laughs> with leaning over, picking up some Turkish delights. I think I, I, I have to find the box. I'll, I'll yeah. put, I'll post up the, uh, the, um, the old box it. art. I remember the adverts
1: always used to come on just before Christmas Um, So yeah, so Go um, They didn't think a computer would beat a a human at it For another ten years And uh, AlphaGo has done it By using various deep learning techniques And incredible complex algorithms To play itself at Go millions of times So it's, uh, it's quite something so that was the kind of big tech thing in the uh, in the news this week I think.
0: Yeah, it's astonishing, isn't it? Mm. It really is. So I might take up go now. <clears throat> okay. Can you get you can get it on iOS I guess or I some kind you of can, game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, teach you how to play it. I looked yeah. at Ma young the in-laws had a set of that. Um but again, it was completely unfathomable. Um yeah. it's like bridge, I think. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's the the boards. I've are, heard of. I've heard the, of it. Ma Jong. Ma Yong. Yeah. Uh, the board's beautiful, isn't it? It's um, lots of. Um, uh, well, they're not made of ivory anymore. They're like bone pieces. Um yes. bone made yeah. of bone. Yes. <laughs> yes. These ones are definitely bone. Um, yeah. And uh, you play four sides of a of a sort of almost like a keep. Okay. It's yeah. You see them playing it in China a lot, and um, oh, I always okay. I always Just found it um, yeah it was amazing. They're sort of stacked. It's a bit like cards, but like dominoes. Yeah, but you can
1: three-dimensional dominoes.
0: Yeah, no idea.
1: Sounds like something off Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, or oh, Blake Seven. They used to play um, fifth-dimensional chess, didn't they? <laughs> Did they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> On no, a perspex board. It's been a while since I've watched Blake Seven. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> it sounds better than it was. Yeah. Um. So what what have you noticed in the news this week? Well, the first thing is let's stay on tech. Is um, Adobe have released another app um, design app? Um, this one's called Adobe Experience Design. I don't know if you've seen that. I,
1: I had a quick look and very quickly realised I didn't have a clue what it did or what <laughs> it was for.
0: Well, I'm going to call it Keynote on steroids because okay. uh, it's really good. Uh, Keynote's a really good app to use to. You know, design uh, sort of f- slight flows between different designs. So you know, it has slight animations or slide changes or whatever. Um, and this does exactly the same thing, but allows you to build directly. Um, you can do you, know, you can copy and paste from Illustrator and InDesign, um, and you can then uh, choose sort of screen setups and. Um, Choose the interactions between them, so you can set up menus um buttons, all sorts of things, so it's for setting up uh user experience and web pages mainly um but I okay. could see it being used for all sorts of other things, you know interaction between I don't know, whether it's a two different pages or a document or you know user inter- interaction in a store or whatever to describe that. And then you can post it and in, um, send a link to a client and they can then interact with it live in the browser, the browser in inverted commas. But there are many limitations. It's still in beta. Um, and I do wish they'd stop releasing these. I mean, I, 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 I think it's lovely and I've had a play with it and it's really going to be really useful to me. Um, but... It's not finished, um, and yeah. the features on it aren't really production ready. Like you can't export any code out of it. You can't export any, you know, even a PDFs out of it. You can only <laughs> send the links. And um, so, is it something that's, that is purely for kind of prototyping stuff?
1: It's yeah. Not, it, it would. You know, you wouldn't export kind of anything finished from it for the for the no. marketplace.
0: No, but it'd okay. be nice to be able to export. You know, just mainly maybe like some typography styling or whatever. So you could then take that and start building out from it. But yeah. I think as a sort of as a concept, there's definitely a process building now in web design where, you know, you follow a certain set of rules. You don't just jump straight into creating sites. So it's that sort of initial initial stage. Um, but it's 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 a nice looking app. It, it just feels very if you've used Keynote, it feels exactly like that. So um, definitely give it a go. Um, I think it's going to be a big one for them. Yeah. Rather than you know, um, lots of the little apps that they're releasing at the moment, that very very limited scope. <coughs> yeah, they're, they're releasing lots of things that are quite niche, aren't they? Fulfilling a very small um, role. Yeah, I wonder the they're, if they're trying to find that next big app, aren't they? You know, they've got their you know their their Hollywood blockbuster apps, um, you know, InDesign, Photoshop, Illustrator. Yeah. Uh, those are the big boys um and they're trying to you know and flash is dying a death and they're trying to fill that gap and they're trying to find where that sweet spot hmm. between all the different design um practices but um i think experience design is definitely promising i think you know i can see it being used for all sorts of different things
1: yeah i've seen good things said about it on uh, on twitter yeah huh. but um as i don't really do web stuff it's um passes
0: me by uh, other techie things i was going to t- talk quickly about um i was uh, i've been working with a an ex bbc uh, journalist editor and she is starting to get involved in 360 video which seems to be a lot of news uh, media people are playing around with the technology so yeah. that they can create BBC, d-
1: bbc news lab have got some stuff going on haven't they with it and
0: um, yeah and it's very affordable there's a few things they're using uh, gopro rig which is basically like a cube with four i think you can have three four or i think maybe even maybe six um cameras built into it and it will it will it it will automatically do the stitching for you i think you use software clever stuff yeah um so basically what it will do is it will take a three-dimensional video from where you're sitting but you won't be in the picture um it's a bit like uh, the man who fell to earth david bowie's camera that he he invents there yeah but there's a really cheap one called it's a Pentax or Ricoh Theta, um, and that's like a handheld camera that you can then you know you can take 360 photos and it will do like an all, an immersive VR sort of scan so of that, th-
1: That's the one. That's kind of like a little handheld thing, isn't it? It's got a like a fisheye lens on each side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it will also do video. But the video is, when you take the video, you can then interact within that video. So you might be able to look round to the left or to the right or, you know, mm. up and down. I imagine for live footage of concerts, Glastonbury and things like that, would be very interesting. But there's some really interesting demos out there. Um, and I'll post a link to the one that I've watched, which is Lufthansa have created a, a 360 Love, they called the film. And it's a journey of a guy going from, I guess, Germany, He's flying somewhere to... San Francisco yeah, and uh, yeah it's very interesting and you have to move the camera to understand the full story if well, I think do- that's
1: the good thing about it isn't it that y- you can do all this manipulation of the, the camera views in browser and you know if you're looking at a 360 video on YouTube you know you can click on the, the film pane and move it yeah, around. So it, it doesn't require if you're any... In, if
0: you're in Chrome. Yes. <laughs> in Chrome. Add that one. Yeah, don't, on, don't try I in Safari. the YouTube app on iOS, on iOS does iOS, work. Yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does, yeah. But it, it, natively in Safari, it's not, it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know why. Why
1: don't they sort yeah. that out?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an interesting area. And why news agencies are involved in that? Because I think they're looking at getting revenue from for PR. So instantly, you know, going into being able to do a brand or... a, a an event is very appealing to those kind of agencies so yeah lots of lots of people looking at their technology i don't think they've quite worked out how to do it 100 but there's some yeah, brilliant samples that, out there
1: yeah i think it's one of those things isn't it they all you'll see it being used in ridiculous ways until it kind of settles down and it kind of finds its setting
0: yeah talking of settings ken adams
1: uh, <laughs> who you meant, I assume
0: Yeah, uh, Ken Adam,
1: the uh, set designer for the Bond films Has died, uh, he was 95 And he was the production designer On kind of some of the early Bond films, Goldfinger, Thunderball You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever um, Moonraker as well uh, And I think
0: as And The Spy Who Loved Me And The Spy Who Loved Me All, with the, all the classic Minion Yeah, the biggest
1: biggest set in the world at the time on the spy who loved me but i think he probably had more to do with uh my love of bond films than than any of the actors or any of the stories really i mean he he kind of defined the bond villains really
0: by their layers didn't they Yeah, it's what I I loved as well. I loved the layers, and then I loved going home and drawing the layers. Yeah, I've never been a huge Bond fan, um, but I loved those sets. I really did. Yeah, Um, and the one
1: um, he did Doctor Strangelove as well. Yeah, kind of the the nuclear control centre, which is just an amazing bit of kind of almost sci-fi set design. It's just wonderful stuff. Yeah. Um, So yes, sad that he's uh, he's gone. Um but yeah, his work is gonna live on for years and years and years. Yeah, au revoir.
0: Well I'll talk about this. There's a um I was reading on the is it's nice that dot com. Yes. Um they've announced a well they haven't announced, but at the Museum of Childhood there is an exhibition on about the uh, Peter Furmin and um Oliver Postgate who made um childhood favourites of mine, uh, clangers, oh bagpuss, no. um either the engine and uh oliver postgate is a i'm a massive fan of his um the man as well as you know what he produced and um yeah so i really really want to go and see that you know that was an instant yep tick done yeah uh, gonna go and see the models that they made and just their creative output for that 20 year period was astonishing what was their
1: division of input i don't i didn't know the other guy
0: is it? Uh, Peter Furman He yeah. made. Um, I think he was a model maker, um, okay. and Oliver Postgate did the writing, voices, filming. Yeah. So um, yeah, he he was like the. Um, he made all of the sets and all that kind of stuff in his right. in a cowshed on on his property in Kent.
1: I think probably Bagpuss and Ivy the
0: Engine for me. For yeah, the Clangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I like Nog in the Nog. Um, uh, see, I never.
1: I don't remember that at all don't know uh, if that was a bit well maybe a no
0: bit of the early. Same age. but I had the, I had the books um, so I used to read those um, um, yeah they were great so yeah will definitely be going to that but that leads on to your one of your things that I've seen does it?
1: oh yeah. CBBC yeah <laughs> has, uh, has a new logo and I quite like it the old one when you look at it now looks very dated and um, kind of I don't know when it was designed but it looks very 90s looking kind of higgledy piggledy um CBBC in a luminous green boxy thing. Uh, but the new one's quite nice. It doesn't, uh, it's not kind of obviously it's CBBC or a children's channel or it's just a nice brightly coloured logo. Um, but it looks quite nice in use. The kind of uh, rounded elements of the logo kind of drip and bounce all over the screen for the eye dents and stuff. So it's um, quite nice. But you've probably got more, you probably see more of CBBC than I do having a
0: kid. <laughs> uh, I don't watch it if I can help it. Um, uh, but I, they haven't used that old branding for a long time. I think they've they've <coughs> obviously ditched it. They've got no faith in it. Um, okay. So I think, yeah, I think the new one's quite strong. Um, I don't, you know, at the end of the day, the kids aren't going to notice really, are they? But I, I like what they've done with all the sort of neon lighting and stuff. Yeah, um, but I haven't had a haven't had a good old look at it. But I say, you know, Red Bee Media is the BBC's design agency, isn't it? Are, are they they do are they, a lot of their stuff. Yeah, are I they part of the BBC? I Think they might be spun off. Yeah, because one of their like, commercial yes ventures like BBC worldwide It's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They're not meant to make any money, but they have all of these businesses that make oodles of cash.
1: Absolutely, I was working for BBC Worldwide when I met, met my wife.
0: Oh. oh, that's nice Yes, yeah, so I've
1: got a lot to thank for I'll Be thankful of the um, capitalist arm of the BBC But <laughs> how are we doing for time? Shall we quickly mention this other bit of news?
0: Yeah, we're half an hour So that I don't I... think our main topic is going to be hugely long today um, But you never on, know, we love to witter What kind of a
1: tirade do you go off on?
0: <laughs> we seem quite serious tonight Do we? Yeah Are you drinking, John? I have had a glass of wine Yeah? And it does got make it. me a bit soporific <laughs> I'm the, I'm the most wettest drunk. <laughs> but I've only had a glass of wine. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, I am drinking beer as we speak, so maybe we'll uh, choke up. Uh, the other thing, the other bit of news was um, Adrian Shaughnessy, who we mentioned last week, wrote a blog post about the, about streaming. <coughs> it's entitled, Streaming sites have resulted in the Suburbanization of music. Uh, it's quite interesting. He talks about how, because all music is kind of instantly accessible now because you can stream it, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or just watch it on YouTube. But the kids today, and young people, and I guess, you know, anyone who's interested in music don't have that. Uh, he calls it the ache of not owning. He said he used to kind of obsess about records that he wanted to buy and couldn't afford when he was a kid, and then when he could afford them, it was... It was a grand thing, kind of building up his collection of vinyl and and rare records, and twelve inches and picture discs, and streaming sites, uh, and the accessibility of music has taken all that away, and it makes him care a little bit less about music. Which is quite sad, but I wonder if he's he's missing a bit of a a thing because I I imagine a lot of young people, a lot younger than me get a lot of that interaction and stuff online i'm guessing um you know kind of blogs and vlogs and stuff so that that kind of record shop experience for them is an online experience so it's very different but they're Uh, not necessarily missing out entirely
0: yeah i'm hmm. (laughs)
1: you didn't agree with this article did you
0: well i thought it was um a little bit sour grapes and sort of old man writing about oh didn't life used to be great back in the day when we were poor and we could only afford one record every four weeks um i think i think that the it feels also like the article's been written entirely as a demand oh can you give us a piece on you know you know streaming and what you think of it I have to say, I think that music now is is more accessible than it's ever been. And that is just fantastic. I think that gives you a great opportunity to listen to all sorts of music that you'd never have had contact with. You never, In a million years, you'd never have found because you tended to um, rabbit hole away your taste. So, you know, if you were into, say, as I was back in the day, into indie music, I very rarely ventured into dance or... Um, any other types of, you know, classical jazz, I never really listened to them because you were pigeonholed. But now I can, you know, I can follow links, I can follow all sorts of routes through different blogs or even just using the software um, Spotify itself, you know, to recommend me stuff. And if you're canny about it, you can build amazing playlists and learn all sorts of things about music. I think yeah. there's more radio shows on now than there ever been about music. You know, there used to be just one if you wanted to listen to punk music or, you know, it was John Peel. But yeah. now there are you know, there's a whole station um dedicated to it. Um and what's the difference between listening to the radio and listening to a streaming service? I, I yeah. don't really I don't know. I mean there are lots of arguments against streaming services, but I don't think this is one. I think the fact of not being able to afford a record didn't make it cooler or better <laughs> yeah. I think that you would just go and get a Saturday job if you really like records or you'd record it off the you know off the top forty or whatever you know you sit oh, there with your, yeah you pause and record on pe- what exactly so um no I think it's um I think there's there's something in it about uh, towards the end about not getting all of the information um but I don't think that they have to put that onto things and I think that takes you takes us on to another thing that you're going to touch on but I think that we we get, you know, we get those um, bibliographies and little um, articles that you used to read off the back of LPs. They're on the website and kids now can, you know, people can engage directly with the artist, which is mm. amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, I'm a big old Lloyd Cole fan and you can directly email him. You know, you can face, you know, he's well, you always can, on Facebook.
1: Um, you know, this is Lloyd Cole. It's not Beyonce. So people who are into the kind of more mainstream people who who've got, seventy million followers don't have that accessibility, do they?
0: No, but they you can still message them and it doesn't you yeah, know, they're never gonna see it. No, they aren't, but it still goes out there, doesn't it? Um Whereas when you That's were singing like on your bedroom
1: from the back of the yeah the Smith s- though, wasn't it
0: yeah singing into a you know a, a, a faux microphone in the 1970s to David Bowie <laughs> records, you were still having that in, you were still having that one to one relationship even though he had no idea that you existed you st- it still felt like that to millions of kids yeah, um, so, uh, so yeah. uh, no i think it's a i think it 's a grumpy piece, um and I think he needs to uh, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> well, but
1: you can tell him on uh, on Twitter, can't you? Yeah, it's very accessible on Twitter.
0: Exactly. Well, there we go. I should do, shouldn't I? I should yeah. actually put my money where my mouth is and Absolutely. say something
1: call him grumpy.
0: <laughs> um, but that's uh, you put in another person who's written about this. The the, the thing that I found interesting in in the um, in the article was the missing bits yeah.
1: of of media. So Yeah, so Daniel Bennett Gray, who is just Gray on uh, Twitter and everywhere, wrote an article last year and he'd actually um, tweeted at Andrew and Shaughnessy saying this kind of links in, about the fact that the digitization of previously physical things means we're losing the backs of things. So a Kindle book or an e-book doesn't have the, the blurb on the back. I know mean, you kind of get it in different ways or there's a review on Amazon or stuff. Uh, and you don't get sleeve notes to the same extent if you're downloading tracks and it's I think that I think there's a bit of nostalgia in there um and a, a bit of it is just nostalgia for physical things I mean he's a book cover designer so he's uh you know he's uh slightly biased I guess when it comes to it but I think he's got a point
0: yeah I like I like I like the article um I like what he says I think he's got a really good mind um an interesting. He thinks about things in an interesting way. So um, yeah, I think that I think that is sad. And uh, and I love old LPs and you know the inside covers and the little sleeves that the mm. little inserts that used to come out. Yeah, uh, you know the for example, Sergeant Pepper's. Talking about George Martin again, another great who passed away last yeah. week. Um, the the insert there with the cut out cardboard moustaches and yep. things. Still got that in my dad's copy of it really yeah I, I really wish there's ELO um, Out of the Blue the album with the spaceship on the front that yep. looks like the game Simon Um that had a pop out fold up spaceship on the in, in the inside of his one and I don't know where it is I really wish I had that one so it was like a circular cardboard spaceship that you could build I can't claim anything as cool because um, the, f- the first album I ever bought... I'm not saying ELO are cool, Rob. Well, I think <laughs>
1: they had their moment. But uh, the first album I... You know, can I put this out on a podcast? I'll never hear the last of it. The first album I ever bought or got bought for me was by the Manhattan Transfer.
0: Oh, <laughs> Do you remember them. Yes.
1: They had one song that as is a, I don't know, an eight-year-old or something I loved. Wow. So I got my parents to, to buy me their album and it came with a glossy, a very glossy poster of the band. So it's not quite yellow pop out spaceship or Sergeant Pepper's pop up.
0: Oh, I don't know. my My first my first album that I bought myself was um, the two sides of the Baron Knights. The
1: Baron Knights. It's not. Yeah, it's not that much better than uh, Manhattan Transfer. Is which
0: one? Like. One album was their comedy album, and then the second album uh, was their um, lesser so- known country hits. <laughs> And I still got it. I'll post a photo of the album. Um oh, I wish I hadn't bought the double album. I could have saved save some money because all I wanted was the ballad of Frank Spencer. Oh, uh, of course. And Little White Bum. Little White Bum. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and if you don't know the Baron Knights, shame on you. Yes.
1: <laughs> Go Google them.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's uh yeah. So there's some good news in there, isn't there? trying to find 40, 40 minutes of 40 news. minutes of news well it might it just means that we have to sp- talk less about what we haven't prepared for <laughs>
1: <laughs> i prepared for at least 10 minutes john
0: <laughs> there was there was radio silence throughout the week wasn't there we haven't spoken to each other until <laughs> sort of just after lunch when we went ah we've got to record something uh yes. we need to talk about s- stuff so um we went away and did a little bit of uh, research so we were talking last week we were going to talk about illustration but we've decided that Illustration is such a subjective topic that, um unless we're gonna lecture uh or we're going to, you know, just bore the pants off you, um we'll let our own illustrations do their own talking. And if we go to shows or anything like that or exhibitions, then we will we will do podcasts from those shows um, absolutely. But And if anything crops up
1: kind of illustration news wise or awards or shows and stuff, yeah, we'll um We'll dive in,
0: but we've got a real uh, arc of conversation that sort of carries on from last week. And um, we were talking about um what were we talking about last week, Rob? <laughs> uh, 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 what was last week? Oh, last week was it Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 we'll cut oh. this bit out. So we, last week we were talking about awards and we ended on talking about a bit about speculative work. And one of the things that I got thinking about, we're not going to talk about speculative work this week, but one of the things that I did uh, get onto was talking about um, design convergence. Um, I was reading a piece by... Uh, A chap called Paul Boag, who is actually quite well known in the web community. He has a uh, a podcast uh, called Boag World, um, which I've listened to for quite a long time. Um, And he he used to be part of an agency. I think he might still be a director um, of Headscape. And they're in Winchester just down the road from me. And he wrote an article called Design Convergence is Not a Dirty Word. And it was quite an inflammatory piece about um, in the web community, design conver- convergence isn't a bad thing and uh i kind of completely disagreed with him um but i thought it would be a good discussion point um to yeah. talk about why design shouldn't follow tropes
1: well it's a strange. i mean this is specifically well the article is specifically about web design wasn't it and i think design convergence as a a thing is is very much web centered isn't it yeah I think if you look at it from the point of view as someone not in design community, then design convergence has a real logical look about it. You know, the web and the internet is a mature technology now. It's been around for 20 years. It's a mature platform. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows what it is. There's a whole generation who've grown up not knowing the world without it. And I think with mature platforms, it's mentioned in the article... And a couple of the other articles I've read that, you know mature technology tends to converge. Whether that's cars, bikes, phones, kettles, you know, they all look similar, do roughly the same thing. You know, cars look pretty much the same, whether they cost ten grand or a million pounds, and whether they do ninety miles an hour or two hundred and sixty miles an hour. So there's this convergence that happens naturally as technology matures. And that's partly, I think, down to the refinement of an idea and partly down to designing and creating and building for what people know and recognise. So if someone's going to buy a car, they want to buy a car that looks like a car. If they want to buy a phone, they want to buy a phone that looks like a phone, does what a phone does, and does it in a way that you know how it does it. So I think if you look at it from... from kind of almost like the consumer's point of view, D- design convergences are, on the face of it, quite a good thing. Great that I can go to a website and know where the menu bar is and I know that the search is going to be there and that it's clean, understandable, you know, and it's always going to work on a, a mobile phone or on my iPad because it's designed to... um so I think from that point of view, what's wrong with it?
0: Or to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it is dangerous because who is dictating that um, all design should follow a certain path? I think one of the typical, one of the things to really look at this, the dangerous things, that, especially in Britain, is our housing design. Generally, I'm talking about across, you know, uh, not individuals but the general house that is built by house builders is still a traditional victorian two up two down children's drawing of a house um small windows small rooms um tiny garden and pack as many into uh, a new estate as you possibly can um and i think it's horrible and depressing and um and i think that's what Design convergence gets you. I think that what he's talking about in the article is design standardization, um, you know, creating standards and frameworks for things to operate in is good. And we talked about that before, you know, where the design industry sometimes could do with some standardization mm. to, uh, you know, take more responsibility for um, its process and protect its um, its workers because, uh, you know, for example, all of these logo things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks uh, the the big boys in the design industries could do with standing up and defending designers rather than criticizing them um but i think that it so i think that he's talking about standardization as in you know screws are now standardized and bolts and washers and phones and like you said cars and televisions because they perform one function um and it if you wanted to use a screw in one country and then screw in another country, and I'm sure they differ from place to place, but it just makes it easy and harmonious for the person to, to build with them. So therefore it makes sense. Um, but if you're talking about creating say brochures or logos or events or, um, websites and they all look the same, I think that we're going to live in a very, very boring staid world. Um, and some people have highlighted this with, you know, the typical drawing of uh, current trends of a very flat-looking uh, website with, you know, a carousel across the top, um, three choices underneath, um, and uh, and repeat ad nauseum down the page. Yeah. Um, and uh, <coughs> yes, I think that people will find that um, reassuring, but that's only because of the latest trend. Um, and if we follow all of these design. Uh, frameworks, we're going to end up with everything looking exactly the same, and and designers will naturally kick against that.
1: Do you not think that uh, it is just a trend? Do you not just think it's because, you know, WordPress and Squarespace have suddenly blossomed, everybody's using it, you know, for whatever, and it kind of has come at the same time as these uh, startups and Kickstarters, and it kind of all ties together. But maybe it's just...
0: Something of this moment, I hope so, Rob, I really do, and I uh, you know, and talking about the um the sort of reintroduction from Adobe of a kind of animation suite um yeah. and, and I said the other week, you know well, will this bring back the old dreaded flash movie websites now i don't miss that world in the fact that we've now had standards brought into coding, so um people follow a certain set of standards so that um Websites are viewable uh, for all, all 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 people, rather than you know people who've got Flash installed in the machines. Yeah. But um, I think that we will see a reaction against um, this very flat looking um, modular, scalable design. Um, yes, I understand that we need repeatable things and we need to be to use things to save time. But I think that creating websites that all look the same is a bad thing, and I, I'm completely guilty of this because it's easy to pick up a framework and go right, okay, well that's half my work done, I've just got to choose this button, that graphic you know, that styling, that font and off off we go
1: It's difficult as well because clients to some extent are going to want that because they they don't want to take a risk of, of doing something that might be more expensive and might not work and they see their competitors are all doing a certain sort of thing so they think, well if everyone else is doing it, that's what we should be doing um, so if your clients are asking you for a certain thing, you know, it's, again, it's, it comes down to the responsibility of a designer. And I guess we'll come on to that when we talk about Mike Montero's book, in you know, a week or two, you know, we're not just here to say yes to the client, are we?
0: No, we're not. Um, and that's a really good point. I, you know, I think, yeah, that's, there's further debate in that. And um, I think that um, we should stand up for what we believe in, but when we're very unsure of it we rely on frameworks to back up uh, design arguments but when those frameworks then become the actual thing that you're manufacturing the you know the outside look of it then mm. i think that's when it becomes really dangerous i mean they mention in the article about these hamburger buttons which are these three lines if yeah. you work uh, that often in menus um especially when you fold down to a mobile view nobody knows what that means <laughs> what does oh. that icon mean Um, It doesn't mean anything, does it? Um, But it's becoming um, increasingly uh, associated with some kind of slide down menu. Um, I'm trying to stop using it. I guess it's, isn't it it supposed to represent a list? Yeah, but it even happens when the list slides out from the left to the right, or the (laughs) right to the left. It doesn't make any sense, does it? It should be an arrow going down or you know with with just the word menu surely or you know that's what i'm i try to use but yeah i mean that's a it's it's a tiny little point isn't it i mean one of the comments in the in the article was caution we've tried this before it gave us 12 tone method in music brackets unlistenable and brutalism in architecture brackets uninhabitable (laughs) i thought that was brilliant and then on the other side of it was somebody who'd written we don't have to design new layout every time we do a brochure and my response was uh yeah <laughs> we do if we're doing it right if we're responding to the client brief if we're just saying okay well uh, w- well here's some templates you know let's fill them out and away we go then we're not challenging what the client wants we're not challenging what the user needs and um, we're just following a trend aren't we um i think it's i think it's very dangerous and um, and we should avoid convergence at all costs yeah,
1: I wonder if we're more um aware of it because it's you tend to see those type of uh websites quite often in the sort of tech and media. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's not quite as prevalent as we
0: No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that we should avoid um constantly using Frameworks to design from. Um, Yes, we should build things on them, but we should be very careful. Uh, I think that when frameworks are really useful is when you're building a brand that you know that, you know, in this particular occasion, the logo goes top left, that we set it, um, you know, X mil in, X mil down, that when we run it over a color, it's, you know, those kind of rules are brilliant. And for a designer working within a brand, that really, really helps you. And that's what branding is. Mm. You know, people fail. A lot of people don't, under, you know, especially non, de, well, totally non-designers don't understand that that's what brand guidelines are for, is that, yeah. you know, that when you give it to XYZ designer, they'll reproduce exactly what the original design designer team meant it to be so you get consistency and consistency gets trust and trust gets customers so um but yeah i think that um but i think using that process before you've actually created a set of those specs and you design to that i think is very very dangerous
1: yeah i guess it's uh it needs balance doesn't it because yeah. you you know you can't throw away the fact that people know how to navigate generally these type of sites or you know you can't just design for design's sake no
0: um,
1: so it has to be balanced actually Mark Bolton who's uh, the design director at Monotype now yeah he's um, his own design agency said on Twitter today uh, homogeneity is uh, homogeneity versus individualism craft versus manufacturing expression versus convention the pendulum of pendulum of design swings back and forth as always yeah which was Spot on, I thought, and then yeah, he said, he's a
0: very bright guy isn't he uh,
1: yeah, and then he said the challenge for us might be to replace those verses with and so convention and expression rather than verses. No need for the pendulum to swing so violently, yeah so it's about balance, but yeah, I do hope this is just a a trend, and I think it might be a coming together of you know just a few themes really.
0: Yeah. If you've got any comments um, or you want to get involved and jump in and say how wrong we are, then please get in touch. Um, We love to hear from you. Um, We're going to draw that to a close because we want to stay under an hour. So, uh I'm going to just end this with my web go on to my website of the week uh, because it kind of ends this nicely. Do you mind that Rob? Sorry. No, no, it's um so uh, this is from dire- a quote directly taken from this website and it says, "Can you replace a human designer with artificial intelligence and machine learning?" That's the question more or less which will likely plague the grid long after the company launches its new website creation and hosting platform. Now that's that is the sales spiel of this site that I'm going to talk about. It's called the, the, the Grid. <laughs> uh, it's thegrid.io. Grid.io. Um, they built they're building a platform that automatically builds websites for you. Um, and this really uh, i think you know this could go on and on but i just i really uh, think you should have a look at it there's some fantastic uh comments um and examples shown on a reddit reddit article which had been picked up by all sorts of news aggregators so it's probably everywhere now but uh it's building terrible looking websites obviously <laughs> automatically from a set number of grids it's doing nothing to uh get rid of the, what i've just been talking about in fact you know the homogenization of web design and uh, i just urge you to have a look at it and see why we need designers <laughs>
1: yeah the, the demo video really really does big it up doesn't it yeah uh, it says you can uh, you know you can you kind of got all these things that you can uh, get it to concentrate on so if you want your web design uh, website designed to get you more followers then it'll tweak the design or if you want more more sales, it'll tweak the design to, you know, improve on that element. It's just yeah.
0: bizarre. So, yeah, and they've burnt through um, about $6 million. Just making that video, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I admire them trying to build something that is so set in the future, but I Maybe have it. to question why on earth they are building it. What, is yeah. it. what is it trying to replace?
1: Well, let's just hope they don't get together with the people from AlphaGo. Because <laughs> then we would all be out of a job.
0: As long as, as long as I get to a, choose the soundtrack,
1: <laughs> we wouldn't be able to win at mahjong. <laughs> we wouldn't have websites to design. That'd be the end. Uh, my websites of the week. I've got two Twitter accounts to follow. Uh, one is Lost Drawings, which uh, simply posts images from. It used to be when it first started long gone or long retired artists and illustrators uh, and I think as it's been going along for quite a while it might have run out of dead people so it's posting uh, from uh, from lots of different artists but it's a great account to follow you, every day you'll see art by someone it's got a lot of illustration and a lot of comic book artists but you'll see some amazing work from someone you've never heard of and then you can go off and have a look at more of their stuff. Uh, and along the same uh, lines is Pulp Librarian, which I don't know if you've seen. No, uh, I haven't posts, seen any of these links. Uh, posts book covers, so pulp and kind of sci-fi, crime pulp uh, book covers, kind of from the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, you Quite a lot of them are terribly uh, non-politically correct uh, due to their, the era they were published in, but they're, um, there's some great stuff in there as well. So two Twitter accounts to follow, Lost Drawings and Pulp Librarian. And they're great. So have a look at those.
0: Cool. Pi. Um, Pi,
1: pie. yes. Well, I had a, a, a poll. It was uh, <laughs> like a, a Pi primary on Twitter. Ooh, again, not that... Massively well. Uh, so um, I give people the option of voting for me to eat and review a Melton Robbery pork pie or a Ploughman's pork
0: pie. Uh, what's, and a, what's a Ploughman's? Well, the people voted for the Ploughman's. Well, so we're going to find out. It's a pork pie. Right. From the
1: Waitrose deli counter.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's got cheese and pickle in it.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: As well as uh, your normal pork pie. Yeah. And um, it's actually pretty good. It's quite sweet. Right. But it's really nice pastry, and um, it makes a nice change from a from a bog-standard pork pie. And what are you washing it down with? I'm washing it down with uh, some Twickenham here. Ah, now. Uh, so I'm drinking uh, Sundancer. Yeah. It's uh, a refreshing golden and citrusy brew at 3.7%. Uh, and it's very nice, it's got quite
0: a a hoppy sort of back note. Yeah, the guy's American, isn't he? Who makes it because, yeah, so they love a bit of hops, don't they? In their mm. IPAs, um, it's nice, it's a nice, it's a beautiful color.
1: Um,
0: <clears throat> so that's quite good. So I'm just gonna have a bite of the pie while you uh, tell us about yours. Well, my pie is from a butcher's in Alton, I know not of its name. Um, Alton, if you've never been there, is um, is a high street stuck in 1978 and uh and it's all good for that and my wife bought she had choice of three pies in there Um and she went for the most crazy because she was feeling particularly mischievous Um <laughs> and when i took it out of the wrapper and, and i licked my finger when i put it down it was the most hideous taste i've ever <laughs> ever encountered because it's um it's a stilton pickle and pork pie um mm-hmm. and uh Stilton, I think, might be just too much. I haven't got any beer, but I've got a glass of port. How good is that? <laughs> right, and uh, so it's um, hmm, it's like you know, really stinky cheese when it re- it really smells, but when you eat it, it doesn't actually taste yeah. that that bad. It's like that. It's quite nice. Again, it sounds like it The pickle is makes it too sweet. Mm. It's got good jelly. Pastry is a little bit underdone um I'll, again i'll post a photo of it
1: Actually, yeah. i think my pastry is a bit underdone as
0: well all in and uh, not bad it's it, but it's under seasoned the pork now we did have somebody tweet in saying what about vegetables uh, and uh, obviously there are vegetarian options out there but i can't I think that, of that. one vegetable pie what what vegetable pies quiches, are quiche well yeah and then we get into the just the whole euro. Do we stay in? Do we come out? Debate. <laughs> so um, on that Brexit bombshell, if um, uh,
1: you got a, have you got a mark for your uh, for pie,
0: uh, I'm going to give it a four. It's very sour and um, and sweet all at the same time. Like the it's probably got Stilton that's been inside it since um, well 1978
1: when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <A nice laughs> when mature Stilton. Yeah. yeah.
0: What about well, mine's
1: you? Get, I was getting a five. Um, mm. I think it. I think it would have been nicer straight out of the fridge.
0: Um, yeah, my my pastry is looking at it now is is really not good. It's it's hardly cooked at all. Yeah, it's got a poor bake on it. Oh dear! I it's got a soggy bottom. <laughs> it's definitely got a soggy bottom. So um, yeah. so with just one hour and a minute, we still couldn't squeeze in underneath it, even though we cut everything short. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> but then I had to talk about myself, didn't I?
1: Well, that's okay. It was, um, uh, it was delightful, and my mum will be um, very pleased.
0: Yeah, well... Because she thinks you're lovely. Ah.
1: Not that she's ever met you.
0: Mrs Turpin, She's, she's an an angel. Angel. <laughs> um, you're an angel. I'm being stalked by your mother. You are. Um, I got accused by a new client, um, accused me of stalking him on Facebook when he phoned me up for the first time, um, and uh, I've never, I don't even know his surname, so how I've been stalking him is uh, entirely beyond that's me. Yes, right we'll be picking up this conversation again um and probably moving on to talking about buying design off the shelf Um, yes because uh that's the next sort of thing along really from here
1: it really is isn't
0: it yeah that'll be depressing
1: (laughs) so it'll be exciting for our listeners but uh
0: you know
1: a depressing subject
0: it is a little bit but um it needs to be talked about and other things will be talked about as well including obviously pies that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, um goodbye. It's been
1: a, it's been a delight. Yes. yes. Well,
0: uh, have a lovely week. Good luck with the weddings. And I'll um, no doubt or speak to you later. Will do. Secret stars were we'll no good for making fun in this giant stars.